This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Squeeze Kids! It's your daily news fix. Fun, free, fresh. Good morning and welcome to Squiz Kids Today, your fresh take on what's happening in the world around you. I'm Bryce Corbett. It's Wednesday, March 30, in Squiz Kids Today. New South Wales on Flood Watch. Pompeii's Robot Dog. Warney's Big Farewell. And Squizzy versus the Memes. That's what's making news kids style. The Lowdown. Towns along the north coast of New South Wales were last night bracing themselves for rising floodwaters, as yet more rain was dumped along the east coast of Australia. No, you're not listening to last month's podcast. It's happening again. Just as towns like Lismore and Mullumbimby in the Northern Rivers region of New South Wales were cleaning up after last month's floods, the heavens opened again yesterday, forcing many residents to evacuate again. And while the rivers didn't rise as much as expected by the afternoon, there were still warnings last night that flash flooding could occur in these already saturated pockets of the state, with many in and around Lismore having a nervous night. Last night the rains had moved south to areas around Coffs Harbour, where the Weather Bureau was warning moderate flooding, especially for communities around the Maclay River, could be on the cards today. The Prime Minister told Federal Parliament yesterday that Defence Force helicopters had already been dispatched north to Ballina and were in position and ready to perform any rooftop rescues required. He's hoping they don't have to. Stay safe out there, people. Spin the globe. Each day we give the world globe a spin and find a news story from wherever it stops. And today we've landed in Italy, where a robot dog has just started working in the ancient city of Pompeii. If you're a fan of history, geography or volcanoes, you'll know Pompeii was buried in volcanic ash and lava over 2,000 years ago when nearby Mount Vesuvius erupted. Pompeii and many of its ancient inhabitants were almost perfectly preserved in the volcanic eruption, making it one of Italy's most popular tourist attractions today. And a robotic dog called Spot has just been recruited to work in Pompeii, patrolling the grounds, crawling into hard-to-get places and keeping a robotic eye out for bandits who like to break into the ancient town and steal relics. Relics are historical artefacts, things from a long time ago which are valuable because of their age. You might remember we've spoken about Spot, the robotic dog, before. He first popped up in Singapore during COVID where he was patrolling parks making sure people kept social distance from one another. Seems there are many uses for Spot, but I have to say the sooner someone recruits him for Dancing with the Stars, the better. I found a video of Spot dancing to Uptown Funk. And the dog's got moves. The link is, of course, in your episode notes. You're welcome. Sport time. One of the greatest spin bowlers cricket has ever seen, the man they called Warney, will be farewelled tonight at a special memorial service at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. Ed Sheeran, Elton John, Robbie Williams and Kylie Minogue are among the big stars who have recorded special musical tributes to Shane Warne, which will form part of the service to take place in front of 50,000 fans tonight. 
and a great big stand at the MCG will be named in the cricketer's honour. And while it might sound like a concert, it's actually going to be a sombre affair, remembering the life of one of our sporting greats who died young. Sombre is a fancy word for sad or subdued. Warney's three children will attend the memorial service, no doubt touched by the number of people who have come to say goodbye to their dad, but still hurting that he's not around anymore. News hounds! It's a Wednesday, which means that Squizzy the News Hound is back in the studio, and he wants to give a special shout-out to his Year 5 and 6 friends at Abbotsford Public School, who he visited yesterday. They're among the first kids in Australia to embark on the Newshound's media literacy journey, and Squizzy was so impressed by how thoughtful they were about sniffing out misinformation on the internet. Actually, that brings us neatly to what Squizzy is sharing today. He's discovered a cool group of teenagers in America called the Teen Fact Checking Network. They stop, think, and check things for the rest of us, like a recent viral meme called The Elephant in the Room. That's what people say when there's an obvious big issue or problem that people are avoiding discussing. Imagine an elephant in your classroom and no one talking about it. This particular meme suggests that no one is talking about the fact that COVID cases have risen since vaccination started, suggesting that it's the vaccines that have caused more COVID cases. Now, that's not true, of course. Case numbers have risen because of new, more contagious variants of COVID and because we're no longer in lockdown and all milling around with one another. If anything, vaccines have helped to stop people getting sick. I've put a link in your episode notes to the 15-year-old fact checker who's explained it all for us. Nice going, teenagers. And if you'd like to join Squizzy and the Abbotsford Kids as newshounds, Stay tuned. It will be available to everyone later this year. A quick message now from our podcast partner, Woolworths Fresh Food Kids Discovery Tours. The Woolworths Fresh Food Kids Discovery Tours program is all about helping early learning centre kids and primary school kids, that's you guys, to discover where our fruit and veggies come from. It's a classroom experience with fun digital activities designed with the help of smart foodie people, educators, nutritionists and a food scientist to help kids learn about how food gets from the farm all the way to your fork. Last week we mentioned we'd be strapping on our gumboots to talk to Aussie farmers about where our food comes from and today we're visiting country Queensland to talk to agronomist Bridget about growing avocados. Stay listening at the end of the podcast to hear that chat. And teachers, if you're looking to bring the farming and sustainability world into your classroom, you can request a free classroom kit at woolworths.com.au forward slash discovery tours. Time for the quiz. This is the part of the podcast where you get to test how well you've been listening. Question number one. What was the name of the volcano that erupted covering Pompeii in lava and ash? Bit of a tricky one, huh? Of course, it was Mount Vesuvius. Question number two. What's the name of the robotic dog on patrol in Pompeii? That's right, it's Spot. Question number three. Name the Aussie cricketer who'll be farewelled at the MCG tonight. 
Yeah, that's right. It's Shane Warne. Shout outs. It's March 30. Birthday for Aussie tennis star Sam Stoza. And in the United States today, it's Turkey Neck Soup Day. Ooh, aren't you glad you're not living there for that? It's also a special day for these squiz kids celebrating a birthday today. Ivy from Craigburn Primary School, Matilda from Helensvale State School, Jeremy from Blackburn South, Isabella from Ipswich, Tom from St Ives Chase, Caitlin from Balkham Hills, Daniel from Wheelers Hill, Xavier from St Kilda West and Ellie from Mansfield. And a belated birthday shout out to Lara and Annie, who are also from Mansfield. And today's classroom shout outs go to classes F10, F6 and F2 from Hammond Park Primary School. Don't forget, if you've got a birthday coming up and you want a shout-out, or if you're after a classroom shout-out, drop us a line at squizkids at thesquiz.com.au. Well, that's all we have time for. Thanks for listening to Squiz Kids today. We'll be back again tomorrow. In the meantime, get out there and have a most excellent day. Over and out. Hello and welcome to another Squiz Kids Farmer Q&A, brought to you by Woolworths Fresh Food Kids Discovery Tours. Joining me today is avocado agronomist Bridget from Queensland. Now, what's an agronomist, I hear you ask? It's someone who is a food scientist who works on a farm and whose job it is to work out the best way to grow fruits and vegetables. Bridget, welcome to Squiz Kids. Thank you, it's great to be here. Now, tell me exactly where you are as we speak. Right now, I'm at one of our farms in Cumbia in Queensland. Fantastic. And the weather there has been good for growing avocados? Yes, yes. Beautiful and sunny. We've had a little bit of rain the past couple of months, but the sun's coming out now, which is really good. Excellent. Now, as you know, we asked our audience to send any questions they might have about where avocados come from, how they're grown, and how they eventually end up in our supermarkets and in our tummies. Are you ready to jump straight in? Yes, let's do it. Okay, our first question comes from Gus from Melbourne. Hi, I'm Gus from Melbourne. My questions are, is an avocado a fruit? And why is the seed so big? Yes, Gus, you're right. An avocado is a fruit. And the seed is so big because in the wild, avocados love growing in jungles and rainforests. So the big seed inside your avocado is full of nutrients to make sure a new avocado seedling can grow big and tall quickly to get to the sunlight. Now we have a question from Tom from Mount Gambia. Hi, I'm Tom from Mount Gambia and my question is, how do you pollinate avocado trees each year to create the avocado fruit? So pollination time is really busy for us um, here on farm. We have over 70,000 trees spread across our seven properties And as you might know, bees play a really important role in something called pollination. And this is a process by which a flower turns into a fruit. Because we have so many trees um, with so many flowers that need pollinating, we bring onto the farms about a thousand beehives. Wow. Yeah, so depending on what beehives, there could be up to 60,000 bees in it. And it takes about six weeks for all the trees to flower and for the pollination process to take place. 
So how many avocado flowers turn into avocado fruits? Each of our avocado trees will have over one million flowers on it. For it to pollinate correctly, a bee or an insect needs to visit that flower quite a few times. And out of those millions of flowers that the the tree sets, it's only 0.001% of them will actually turn into an avocado that we get to take home and eat. 0.001%. That's remarkable. Question now from Archer, who is all the way over there in New Zealand. My name is Archer. My question is, what do you love most about working on a farm? There are so many great things I love about working on a farm. There is always something new and interesting to learn, and I love being outside in the sunshine, growing great, healthy fruit for everyone. Wow, sounds like quite a job. Bridget, that has been fantastic. Thank you so much for giving us a sneak peek inside the process of getting avocados from your farm to our forks. One final question, if I can, from me. What is your favourite way to eat an avocado? <laughs> I have avocado on everything, but my, my favourite thing to do would probably be um, mash it up into guacamole and have it on a rice cracker. Oh, yum. That sounds great. Thank you so much for your time, Bridget. I better let you get back out on the farm and tend to those avos. Yes, thank you so much. Now, don't forget, the Woolworths Fresh Food Kids Discovery Tour program is all about helping early learning centre kids and primary school kids, that's you, to discover where our fruit and veggies come from. Teachers, if you're looking to bring the farming and sustainability world into your classroom, you can request a free class.